Leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It's dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disruptive. It will test everything about who you are. Unfortunately, as a leader, you're out front, which means you usually only get about 43 feet of good road built for those following behind you while you're running the race yourself. Welcome to the 43 Feet Podcast, where each week you'll hear from some of the greatest leaders we can find both in F3 and beyond. If you're going to lead, you'll need to be ready for the difficult challenges, for what lies ahead in the unknown, for what's lurking in the next 43 feet. What's up, what's up? How we doing? All right, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you a little bit of uh, one point of clarity because something's gonna happen up here and your eyes are gonna be like, wait a minute. We're gonna be passing a microphone around so these guys can talk and you're like, there's no PA system. We're recording this so we can make, ah, yes, a podcast out of it. So they're gonna be speaking into a microphone so we can get the audio nice and clean. Just so you know, that's what we're doing as we pass the microphone around. You guys are here for what we're calling this live 43 feet. This is a chance for you guys to ask these leaders of F3 Nation questions. And I'm going to do my best C-SPAN and just get out of your way, brother, and let them ask you questions today as well. So we're going we're gonna to introduce these guys, and then you can do a couple things. You can either raise your hand and ask a question, or if you want to be super anonymous and send me a GIF like I just got, then you can also text your questions to 940 8670750. Uh, I'm anticipating more joke questions than actual real questions to my phone here. Do your best to keep Again, the, the first one I got was Kelly from the office, and it says, Yeah, I have a lot of questions for you. Number one, how dare you? That was the first question, question I got. That's, that's a good So that. All right, my name is Hello Kitty. We've got Slaughter, Dark Helmet, Dread, GMO, and Scratch and Wind. Great leaders here. Guys, first question to kick this thing off. You guys are not allowed to talk unless you're holding this magical microphone here. We're going to start with you, Slaughter. And my first question for you is, first concert, worst concert? First concert was U2. Okay, worst concert. Worst concert was U2. She broke up with me at the concert. Oh, no. Because, yeah. right. like, U2 is good, but. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the music. All right, pass down helmet. First concert, worst concert? Uh, first concert, man. Uh. I think might have been The Offspring, if you remember those guys. Yeah, keep them separated. I think that's right. I think that was my first concert. And I think the worst, does it have to be a concert? Like a straight up concert? Because like, I, don't, I went, and, I saw, don't make the rules. I went yeah. and saw Carrot Top. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad? Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> All right, okay. Good answer. Did he sing? Uh, I, I've never been to a bad concert, man. I love live music, so yeah. First concert was Allman Brothers, 1979, uh, New Haven Coliseum. That's pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pure Prairie League, uh, open for That was the worst concert. There you go. GMO, first concert was Billy Joel. Oh. Ooh, not bad. And the worst concert was the Go-Go's. And the reason I went was because I had a crush on Belinda Carlisle. Oh, can I get an amen? Amen, yeah. <laughs> Scratch and win, first concert was Jimmy Buffett. Oh. Parrothead Fever, yeah. And um, that was first concert. Worst concert. Sorry, Dred. Where's Almond? Whoa! <laughs> I didn't. Say, well, we didn't say it was the best. You said it was the first. Yeah. Yeah. In case you guys are keeping score at home, I've received my second office meme text. Oh, good. Uh, no questions have come through yet. So wonderful. First concert was Boys to Men when I was in the sixth grade in Fayetteville, and it was amazing. Took Shannon Burnside and our moms and our moms. <laughs> Worst concert, I saw the Counting Crows three years ago and they didn't play Mr. Jones, I'm wearing a microphone, they didn't play Mr. Jones or Rain King. It was terrible. I just remember. It was terrible. I just remember. The worst concert was Shania Twain. Oh. I, I, I had like to take I had to take my little sister and her friends and my car got towed. Oh no. Oh no. All right, we're going we're gonna to open it up here to the audience in a moment, but let me ask a real question. And what we want to focus on is the future F3, right? So we've done a lot of looking back here at this 10-year anniversary, and it's easy at a moment like this to look back as to what the last 10 years have been like under the leadership of OBT and Dread and launching this thing and all the amazing thing that, things that have happened along the way that have gotten us to this point. But if we're talking about the future, I'd love to just go down the line and talk about one thing about the future of F3 that has you excited to lean in for the next 10 years. Hi, Slaughter. Uh, so the mission is to bring F3 to the doorstep of every single man in this world who wants it. 
I think that's what we're shooting for. Well, we're going to take it to the ones who don't want it, too. So. Right. It's available to everybody. We won't know if they don't want it. Until uh, the microphone rules. Oh, sorry. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. <laughs> who invited him? Who invited him? So that's what we aim to do. All of this magical stuff that happens, you see it every day, you hear about it on the podcasts, uh, and it's, it's ramping up exponentially along with our membership, seems to just kind of happen. Once we get people in the program, once we get people to a workout, the rest just kind of occurs. So I believe that if we build this machine so that we can deliver the offerings to every male that wants it, um, it, it, the rest of it's just going to also continue to happen exponentially. Sweet. Uh, I think the thing that I'm most excited about or that it, when I look forward is, um, and I've said this before in other places, but, and it's starting to happen, right? Where the, the national profile of F3 is, is wide and deep, right? Uh, we've got, in fact, he's here, Slaughter, Chad Slaughter. Uh, he might not be in here, but uh, highlighter, right? He, um, you know, he's looking at a, a run for a national office, right? And I've said many times, until I see the logo in every boardroom in America, in the halls of Congress, and everywhere else, right? I'm, I'm not really satisfied. I, I really believe that what we're doing is probably some of the most important work that's going to be done over the next 10 to 20, 30 years, right? And uh, so the thing I think I'm most excited about is to see where we become almost like a household name. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to, is that this is just sort of a household name. Like, uh, Niles you know, says he keeps it on his prescription pad, right? He's like, I, I, the guys that come in my office depressed, they get a prescription for you know, whatever, Prozac or something, and an F3 prescription, because it's a, it's a great, it's a great mm. way to beat depression, stuff like that. So I think that's the thing I'm, uh, I'm probably most excited about. See, see where we're headed in terms of expansion, but to where big national names and people like that know, just know who we are, know what we're about. Uh, I'm going to say I'm most going to see what Scratch and Wind here does with uh, the foundation, where that goes, uh, because I think uh, he has an opportunity to take that to places where we really never thought we'd go. You know, F3 does not charge, and a big reason for that is so we can have an absolute uh, zero gate to pass through to get into the organization. But that doesn't mean there aren't things that we need money to do. And uh, I really can't wait to see what you do with that, brother. Hope I didn't steal your fire there. Well, you would hope he would say he was most excited about himself. Sure. I mean, you would think that. that... Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm most excited for the challenge. Um, and I think for uh, Dark Helmet, you've said, you know, first 10 years, really about first F. We're always going to be focused on that. But the second F, the glue, the relationships, the challenge for us to be open truly to all men. Um, I spent a lot of time looking through the survey that the foundation did. All the comments you guys wrote, 800 of them in what we can do better. And overwhelmingly, it was more diversity. And I categorized more diversity around racial ethnic diversity, uh, faith, age, different kinds of workouts where maybe men can't work out as bat flippers running six minute miles. So just for me, it's just the relationship of meeting men in the middle, where they are, who they are, and how we can truly be open to, to all men is what I'm excited for us to uh, come out of our comfort zones and, and really, um, really stretch who we are as individuals to um, get to know the man next to you and, and reach out to make F3 accessible to all parts of our cities and our country. Uh, I truly believe this thing will change the world. I know it's changed me. I know it's changed the man next to me. And we can do this. I'm excited for that challenge. I would say my response um, is, you know, Honestly, echoing dread clearly, but also GMO. I, I'm, I'm, and I'll start the with the last first. Uh, excited about the inclusivity and about um, what we're going to look like in future generations and what we are going to be known for. And then, of course, while dread and I might not see eye to eye on the Alma Brothers, we 100% see eye to eye on. Uh, the future of how the foundation will help to impact F3 Nation and help accelerate everything that you all are doing. I mean, I've said it before, and, and I'll say it again. I'll talk a little bit uh, more about it tonight. But uh, for me personally, it's like my passion and my occupation coming into full alignment. 
and to be able to serve in this opportunity, you guys will never, never know the extent of how humbled and honored I am. And so finally, I'll close with what I'm most excited about is um, there's this song that goes, uh, you know, fame will go before you in a thousand generations and your children and their children and their children. And so what I think preach. about is, yeah, preach. Um, I, I think about the generations 50 years from now, our children's children and what, what we will be able to instill and what you men right now are, are a part of and how that's going to literally change the world. Like some people talk about changing the world and other people actually do it. And we're doing that, and that's what has me most excited. Mm. All right, can we clap on Can we do that? Can yeah, go. Get in there. I want to go to the live audience here. Uh, just put a hand up if you've got a question for these guys. We'll call on you if anybody's feeling so courageous to be first. Right? And uh, so go ahead. Hip, I see you. Do this. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and, and try to maybe direct it specifically if there's a guy up here that you'd want to field it. The challenge we're going to have is going down the horn on all of them. Uh, so if you specifically have one for a guy up here, great. If not, somebody can jump in and, and we'll, kind of, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. What's that? Into a oh, okay. In yeah. So, the only way we had someone here was actively engaged in trying to debate and communicate with men on yeah. Twitter. Hmm. Oh, well, Who uh, would that? Scratches you want to <laughs> Mainly, I'm gonna. Mainly, I'm gonna. Mainly, I'm gonna say. Uh, mainly, I'm gonna say this. Uh, you could look, you could turn the clock back to uh, the 15th century and bitch and whine about uh, the, 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 the printing, the Gutenberg press, right? And say, well, hell, how the, how the heck are we gonna have mass now that, the, that we can read the Bible in English? Which is actually, I didn't make that up, people did that. Uh, the means of communication have progressed and changed radically since man first started talking, which is about 100,000 years ago. Uh, and in that time, we have just evolved in our method of communication. And the reason for that is men in their hearts are dying to communicate. They have thoughts and feelings and beliefs and questions that they're dying to share. That's why they invented the written language. That's why they invented the Gutenberg Press. That's why they invented the, the, uh, uh, the Xerox machine. Where we find ourselves now, it's tempting to think that we're at the end of history that Twitter and Facebook are the end of history. They're not, it's just, it's part of a communication evolution that has been going on for thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, and is gonna continue on until man is gone from the earth. And it's just a tool of communication. That's the way I look at it. And it's a bad carpenter who blames his tools. There's people who are crappy on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> Thanks, Yogi. There's people who are, who are, are crappy, who, who wrote crappy postcards. And it's not because postcard writing is crappy or Twitter's crappy, it's because we have crappy people. It's a leadership problem. So my thought is, uh, you can't put these genies back in the bottle. They're here with us forever. And we can either pretend that's not so, or we can try to be really good at how we use them. And I think, you know, there's a couple rules for that. Don't rip into people on Twitter. Disagree with their ideas. Don't attack them as to who they are. Impute the best possible motives to every man you see who tweets something that you disagree with and take him up on the merits of his contentions rather than the character flaws you think you see because you disagree with what he says. And for the most part, I see that amongst F3. I think most F3 guys are very reticent to criticize someone else's character and assail them because they disagree with what they say. But if it happens to you, if you express a thought and somebody attacks you for that thought, attacks your character, you think unfairly, do the same thing you do if you're driving down a road and somebody cuts you off. Don't cut them off. 
just back up. Just because somebody else is a bad driver doesn't mean you have to be one. We need to be good drivers regardless how other jamokes are driving on the road, right? We need to be the good drivers. We need to be the guys that always do the right thing regardless of whether or not other men are doing the wrong thing. And above all that, we need to be good carpenters and keep using the tools that the Lord provided for us because I'll tell you what, F3 spread across the country on social media, primarily, that's, and, and, and the internet. That's how it happened. So despite the fact every once in a while something bad happens, can it happen, much, much mm -hmm. more of it is good. Aye? Yeah. I'm just going to piggyback on that. You just said spread that way, but that's, that's exactly how we have Nairobi. It's exactly how we have Australia. It's exactly how we have all these things, is Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. But part of your question, Hip, I think, was also how do we keep guys from, and I would say this, uh, and this is what I've learned from, from all these guys up here, too, is if you are concerned about men doing this, then get them back on their mission. Remind them of who they are and what they are here to do. Because what they are here to do is not this. What they're here to do is affect this. And so the more mission that we put in a man's heart, the better shot we have of getting him to stop with all this ancillary bull crap and to start focusing on what he's really here to do and, and get done. Great. Uh, I got a really cool question in here, and it's a, I think it's a challenging one, uh, and I th it might be a hard one to answer because it takes some self-reflection and, and some real looking in the mirror. So GMO, I'm looking in your direction first, maybe Slaughter as well too. This question was, and it, and it, it amounts to, look, we all have the same amount of time every week. Our time is limited. We spend a lot of time doing F3. Has your wife ever been jealous of F3? And how have you handled that? Yeah, so my wife. Yeah, I mean, full transparency. Um, I'm going through that right now, actually. Uh, my oldest is out of the my youngest is out of the house, so we're uh, empty nesters, and um, we've been heads down on the grindstone of the business of marriage and raising a family. Mm. Um, we've been on our missions of working hard and leading in our communities and raising our kids. And I've got this, and also with the lockdown, I had something to do every morning. I had a ton of fun. I was all interactive with just all you guys. And I loved it. And I came back energized and she didn't have it, you know, and, and our, we went our separate ways, kind of because where we're at in our marriage phase, but also kind of what's been going on around us. So if it weren't though for the shield lock, if it weren't for F3 and the focus on the concentric dog and the M and the 2.0 and the skills I've developed in how to communicate, I wouldn't know how to get out of this and set a vision for the next phase of my marriage. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I've asked the guys and, and Italian job knows it's like, my question is, is your M an F3 fan or an F3 widow? And if she's a widow, you're doing something wrong mm. because we're here to be good leaders. We're here to be good husbands and fathers and leaders. And F3 is a vehicle to how we get there. And we hold each other accountable to make sure that we're doing what's right for our families. Yeah, well said. So you want anything to that? <clears throat> so I've actually been uh, struggling with this recently, and I have on and off for years. Um, and I've come to the realization that the answer to that question comes from what I've learned in F3. So as my role in leadership of F3, I feel like it's my job to be very reactive to the questions, the concerns, and the interests of the, of the men of the nation. So I spent a lot of my time looking and listening and responding to try to make sure that none of those concerns go unanswered. And what I found was I wasn't doing enough of that in my marriage. Um, a smart man told me that every morning wake up and, and ask my wife what I can do for her that day and then make sure that I do it. Another wise man told me a long time ago that relationships aren't 50-50, it's 100 to nothing. There's no such thing as a, as a work-life marriage balance. There's no, there's no balancing act. You put 100% of your energies exactly where it needs to be that day. And some days that means that would be zero to F3 
and a lot to my wife. Sometimes that's disproportionate for work. But the important thing is that the signs are there. I just wasn't taking the time to respond to them. My wife tells me what she needs. I know what her love language is. But I didn't take the time to pay attention to it like I was the very men of F3. And she saw that. And she knew that. She knew that she needed something from me that day that I didn't give to her and that I was giving things to you guys. And that's just not fair. So I make sure that I spend time in the morning uh, figuring out what that needs to be, what she needs that day, and then I go from there. And as long as I can remember to do that every day, things seem to be going a lot better. She's, uh, she's a lot happier. And the second thing goes back to what HIPAA was just saying. There's a time in my house in the evening where I put the phone down and it doesn't matter what's on it. I actually shut it off and, and, and she mm -hmm. and I have a conversation. It's amazing to me how difficult it is to make sure I find time to have a conversation with my wife every day and to do more listening than talking. And if I can, if I can do that, it's, uh, the answers are there. There's no mystery. It's not hiding underneath anything. She's putting it right out there in the open. Mm. I just need to take the time and not be distracted and listen to it. Yeah. I mean, the reality is with work and life and children and commitments, you could blink and five days could have gone by and that conversation could not have happened. It's not that hard for that to happen in our lives. Right, because you go from soccer practice to dance to all these things, and you could look up in a few days, could have passed by. And so, if you're going to be a man of F3, and if you're going to espouse the principles and the things that we believe in, but you leave the concentrica unchecked, then you're missing missing big time. Well said, fellas. There's been a few questions that have come through. Uh, we're going to go back out to the crowd here in a second. But how do we ensure that our expansion is all men? How do we ensure that our expansion is diversifying the group that we have? in front of us. And I know that's a big part of what we're doing, Slaughter, especially from the position where you sit. The edict of 250,000 guys by 2025, what does that look like? How do we ensure that that expansion is a diverse population? And what can these guys be doing in their communities potentially to help break that mold a little bit? So the first thing I would say is that we just saw the fact that we had a break the mold conversation. The fact that we've got so many people around the country working on that, the first thing that anybody can do is to find somebody who's already trying to do that and support them. There's a, there's a playbook being written <clears throat> as we speak. It's originating from the highest level in F3 at the Board of Directors, and it's being worked throughout the country in different regions, a lot in Charlotte, and we've got a model in Greensboro that's working really well. So we, we kind of know how to go about things, but as, as men who may not have connection to that, we know that we have somebody in our organization that's doing that and they they need the support um the other thing that i would say is that it ch takes a little bit of changing in the way that that we do things as an individual um we like to surround ourselves with likeness like-minded people it's just easier that way and as we know in f3 we're, we're supposed to be doing the harder things because we believe it makes us better men we need to take that out another level and include interacting with people who don't think the same as us, that don't look the same as us, who don't act the same as us. Um, and I know for me, that's a little bit of a difficult thing to do because it doesn't come that naturally to me. Um, but that's, that's my answer. And this one jump in. Uh, I just real quick say this. You can have an open door policy at work and nobody walks through that door. Uh, if you're that kind of boss, really think about it. It really, an open door policy is, is, is BS. You have to walk through that door out to where the people are working and sit down with them and find out what they're doing. So us, for us to just say it's open to all men, that's, that's a good core principle, but it's nothing but a slogan unless we make it happen. And we are trying to make it happen. So uh, for me, it's not a matter of comfort zone. It's a matter of missionality. Our mission is to all men, right? leave no man behind. And we're just gonna have to be deliberate about that. The desire is there, I, I see it happening. We just gotta have the follow through and I wanna just put a stamp on what your Nantan told you. If you see guys that are doing it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel to break the mold. Help the guys that are already doing it. If you got a suggestions, help them with it, but pitch in. Cause the battle's being fought. We just need more men on the line shooting rounds down range, all right? Uh, hold on, Kitty. I'm just, yeah, go ahead. I, I would say I had one thing to the back of that, and that is I think part of it too depends on what you really believe in your heart about what this is. 
Is this or is this not the absolute best thing that has blessed your life in the last however many years? I know for me it absolutely is. The guy that I was seven, eight, nine years ago and the guy I am now, my kids barely recognize it, the difference. It has fundamentally changed literally everything about who I am and how I do what I do. And it's thanks to the men on this stage uh, in large part. These are some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. They have absolutely, completely helped me transform to be 10 times the father and husband and man that I ever wanted to be. They helped me find my own personal mission and to lean into that and watch how it can bless the lives of other men. So if you believe that, then, then why would you not give that away to literally, I mean, we all joke about Olaf being an absolute nut job. Now some of us mean it. I, I'm serious, he is a nut job. Okay, that's a fair point. We say it like a joke, but he's a nut job, yeah. But, but the- But he's our nut job. That's your darn right, he's our nut job. But, but you look at that guy, he has been so changed. He can't help it. Come on. He can't help it. He, ha he, it's, he can't not chase men down uh, like an absolute uh, lunatic and, and do it. But you know what, there was a guy there this morning, snake shirt, right? Who got yeah. named Rojas. He got named Rojas. And I don't know if that guy comes back or not. I have no idea. I have no idea. My suspicion is that he probably does, that he probably does. But you see how it, that happens, right? That belief that Olaf has that this has made him a better man and that it will make every man he sees a better man. Mm. He can't stop himself. And I would say, if you, if you want to break a mold, then try ignoring a mold and just get that mission in your heart and get your ass up and get to work. Here you go. From the crowd. Pipeline, you had a question. Yeah. Love it. Audible. I guess the Metro guys primarily maybe are who have experience in the Metro region. I know regions have an evolution, right? I mean, they start with a workout, and then guys get each other form bonds, and then they lose the third piece. I think in Metro, like I've seen guys maybe over the last few years kind of go up and then get down, right? And like I wonder how, if you want to keep all that where you play spinning in various Yeah, so that's Pipeline asking sort of about continued acceleration at a regional level, right? Where you get to that four, five, six, seven, even some of the regions have been around forever, the tendency potentially to either plateau off or, or either come back down, how you keep that, keep that moving forward. Yeah, I think it, it goes back to what Dr. Campbell was just saying, are you on mission? Um, are you, you going to be ever done planting, growing, serving? Are you ever going to be done being passionate to invigorate male community leadership? Um, something that you know I would encourage is that you you think as a region like what is the issue do you talk to these guys and say why aren't you coming back is it because we're not keeping things fresh is it because you're not um, creating opportunities for these men to continue to lead you know I've, I've been in a lot of conversations recently where Nantans are done being Nantans and then they're lost they miss this are there other opportunities for them to meet to lead within your region or even at a nation level. We're looking for area cues. We're looking for more troubadours. There's a ton of opportunity to keep those guys interested in leadership. But then also I would just encourage you to, to reach out to them, have a conversation with your regional leadership team to say, what's the next 43 feet look like? Our region is in this phase of acceleration. Maybe it's starting to decelerate. Um, I would encourage reaching out to sector cues and understanding are there other regions that are going through this same thing and how can we figure that out together? So I think you got to look internal, but you got to also look um, outside to understand how we can continue this. I mean, I've recently thought, will F3 be part of my whole life? However yes. many years <laughs> I've been a part of this, will it continue to be something that I will be this passionate about? Will I always work out every day with F3 men? I, I've said yes. You know, I've said that to my wife. This will be something I'll be doing. Let's figure this out. Um, I'm committed, and I know there are a lot of other men that are and want to continue to be. Um, and it continues to, for me, help me in the next phase of my life. My parents are aging. There are other men in F3 I'm in relationship with that I'm going to learn from to how to be a son to my parents and almost to be a parent to my parents because that's the role I'm playing now. And I have these relationships that are not just helping me stay in great shape, best shape of my life, 
is going to help you get through the next phase of life. And those men are getting lost if they're not still part of F3 and don't have a close-knit community where men can really talk and communicate and share what's going well and what challenges mm. are with them or what is upcoming that we can help create that preparedness. So a lot of the second F stuff is where I think is an opportunity for these men that are maybe uh, not showing up anymore. Yep. Uh, I'm going to come back to the audience here in a second. Uh, Scratch, i got a question for you, because you've got a great forum here with this group of men uh, to talk to them a little bit and maybe put a challenge on these guys. So my question for you, Scratch, in front of these guys is, look, you are tasked with a, with a real effort of taking all the incredible things that they do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis at the regional level and finding creative ways to package it up and take it across the country to share the words of what we do to try to put some wind in the sails of this foundation. So you can quite frankly go raise money to give back to them to have an impact in their community. So what can these guys, when they go back home, be doing to help elevate that so you can do your job best? Uh, thanks, Kitty, that's a great question. Um, I would say uh, the most important thing that we can do is to continue to tell the F3 story. And each one of you has your own story in terms of the way that your life has been changed and impacted. And if you look to the brother to your left, the brother to your right, you know that that, that story exists with him too. And I look at her and I see White Hat, my man over here. Holla, White Hat. I mean, when I heard his story on the COT, I'm like, I called the guy up. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. How do we, how do we share this? Like, so I think making sure that as you're discussing uh, within your SLTs or when within your AOs, the, the COTs, a circle trust at the end of a, mm -hmm. of a workout, whatever it is, make sure that you're just being aware of how important stories are. Um, and clearly, IJ and Kitty and those guys are working on how do we, how do we share the story more, but that's going to be so important as we move forward in terms of fundraising to continue to accelerate and pour gasoline on the fire that's already raging. And so again, look, stories, stories are extremely powerful. And to be able to share your individual story, but even the story of a region. I mean, Crotch Rocket and I were talking the other night about how he flew out to St. Louis uh, a few years ago, launched St. Louis, and now you guys are absolutely crushing it. You're Sector Q, and you guys are raising like six figures uh, for a charitable cause that helps rescue people out of human trafficking. I mean, that is a powerful story that needs to be shared. So I think from my perspective, I think the more stories that we can have about not only the individual personal life changes that all of you have experienced, but sort of the more collective story of how F3 uh, is accelerating a man's life, but then that accelerates a whole city, which accelerates a whole country, which accelerates a whole freaking world. Like, that's the story we're going to be telling. And the more that I have that, that I can share, I think the more successful mm. I can be in terms of bringing philanthropic resources to bear to support you guys and to make this thing, to make this thing grow. And I think we would all be, we would all benefit from just remembering that what we're a part of is, is bigger than the role we play. And you guys are a part of something really big and really special, as we all are. Anything else from you guys out there? Yeah, Mark Osborne, 42, Medball. How do you balance always running with a faster guy, but making it accessible to the new guy coming out that can't run with anybody? Mm. That's a first F question. Yeah, that's the base of what we do, right? Um, and I think that the answer to that question it, it exists in the diversity in your region. Um, we saw this happen in Metro, of course. It, 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 the acceleration just kept going like this, like this, kept going up and up and up, and then what happened to the new guy? Well, Metro invented something called core, a whole different kind of workout where there is no, uh, where there is not really any running, right? It's base for the new guys. And I, and I think the other answer to that question is in your comms, in your IT. I don't know why more regions don't rank their workouts so that people know where to go for the different fitness levels. A boot camp is not a boot camp is not a boot camp, right? It's just not. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. If everybody's able to run 10 miles, seven minute pace, everybody and one guy shows up, well, that's not much fun for everybody. So how do you temper that? We know you're gonna wait, but then what's gonna happen if that keeps happening, those other guys aren't gonna have anywhere to be that can run. So I think that we need to make sure that we, uh, we make clear communications. We consider the model that Charlotte has, in my opinion, perfected with the core. They've got workouts seven days a week that are designed for people who aren't able to run that much. Whether they're old, injured, 
uh, don't want to run or they're a Reverend Flo Rider and uh, it just doesn't interest them for whatever reason, they've got a place to go. And, they, and that's uh, mm. one of the strongest contingencies that we have in our region. Um, yep. I, so I think that the leadership needs to ask that very question and how are we going to do that? Even if you're a smaller region, it's never too early to start planning that. Because if you have a place like that that is designated for people with a lower fitness level or whatever to go, your region's going to grow just that much faster. I'd like to go to the man in the Bengal tiger shirt. What's up, y'all? Uh, Rock Yogi from Raleigh. And uh, when I first showed up to F3, I was the absolute epitome of the term sad clown. I was 53 years old, and I was weighed 245 pounds, and I couldn't run two blocks. The man who queued my very first AO gave up his queue, said, I'm going to told somebody else, you take the guy to go, I'm gonna stay with the new guy. And, uh, you know, but, but there has to be some kind of level of the guy, and this goes to our mission statement, right? It's very simple, and I tell people all the time, it's two sentences, right? Plant Grow Serve Small Workout Group is what we do, and then the second sentence is why, right? To invigorate us to become leaders again. The first place I became a leader again, the first place I busted out of my sad cloud mode, was when I queued my first F3 workout. And we get, you know, we replace our ovaries with some NAD, right? <laughs> That's Yogi right there. Yeah, what's up? T-shirt, I can feel it, Yogi. <laughs> no more ovaries, only NADs. We start becoming men again. Yeah. And it all happened here in F3 for me. Well said, brother. And, um, you know, so as long as I think is we stick and never forget that, you know, we're not here to save the whales. There are other organizations to do that, right? We're here to work out and then bust our butts to become strong again, and then through that, cue our first cue, do our first seesaw, run your first half marathon at 55 years old, run your first marathon at 55 years old. And then you start manning up again, and then guess what? You realize, you know what? I'm not a sad clown anymore. I'm a freaking tiger. Yogi, you came to F3 wearing a sheep sweater, and now you're wearing a dang tiger shirt. Yogi Tiger. Man, that's amazing. Go ahead, nurse. Uh, so, uh, uh, we talk a fair bit about getting stronger, and, and this has absolutely done that for me. It's pushed me mentally, it's pushed me physically, absolutely. Uh, but recently, um, after Myrtle Beach, uh, we got into a shield lock. And that's the first time I've ever really experienced that level of sharing with, with basically strangers. I mean, they're about three brothers, but I've never, I mean, I've known for two years, a year and a half. So uh, my, my question is, we talk a lot about uh, expansions, and we do bring up shield lock, but I've seen like a, a tremendous amount of growth just spiritually, emotionally, just in guys sharing that. So how do we, I mean, I know we're doing a lot of things, but how, how do we pull that apart? Because that's kind of, to me, that's where you see that multiplication, that exponential growth. That, you know. Let me jump, can I answer one? Is that okay, what yeah, we've got? It's a great, great question. I'm mic'd up. Um, you know, one thing that uh, we noticed locally in our region, Nurse, and I'm going to take it from a tactical standpoint related towards helping spread the idea and the message of how a shield lock can benefit your life. Because I've seen it happen with me over the last three years where when you have just this smaller group of men where you can have real heartfelt conversations, it, it can absolutely accelerate your life. One thing that we noticed was we didn't really have them going. And then we had one or two groups start and we showed those guys just by action alone, by our words, here's how this has benefited my life. They, they see, oh man, those four guys are going off doing their own thing. They're checking in on Slack because they had their own shield lock workout. Like they're up to something. So continue to vocalize to that storytelling mode and just showing other men how it's impacted your life and encourage them to do it. And now Schlitz, we got 15, right? Across the region because they've seen it, right? And it's helped just kind of blossom from there. Yeah, the shield lock is the most difficult relationship for men to form uh, in, within the concentrica. 
uh, and form and maintain. And because it's very difficult to find three other men uh, who you trust, mm. who are accelerating at the same general speed you are, and believe in the same essentials uh, in which you believe. Those are three requirements. If you don't have that, it's not going to work. But then you got to have three more things, and that's three Ps, right? You got to be proximate, which is you got to be in the same room, Zoom, don't work on a shield lock. You got to be periodic, meaning willing to meet at some regular basis. And then you got to be productive. You can't get in there and have a pizza party. That's the bad P. All right? You got to have those three strong Ps. So to have those really six requirements is tough. And it's tempting uh, to give up. Particularly when you start doing it, realize it don't doesn't work unless you're vulnerable as well. So uh, you really have to start with one other guy, be super deliberate about it, and say this is what I want to do. Start the habit, bring in the second guy, and then bring in the third guy because you really need four guys to make it work. So I'm going to exhort you, you know, in the same way uh, that uh, Paul exhorted in Act or in Galatians 16:9 and say 6:9 rather. Let us not become weary in doing what is good, for we will reap a harvest at the proper time if we do not give up. The key to a shield lock and the harvest is to not give up. Just to not give up. And I, I cannot, uh, I agree 100% with Nurse. It really is the key to your life uh, to accelerate and, and stay in your own guardrails. Yeah, I would say too, um, to purpose, right, the, the third P. Yeah, the purpose. purpose that I've found is that sometimes this relationship can just be a check-in, what's going on in your life. Uh, there's a tool called an eight box, and it's a bold document. It's, it focuses on what you talk about in the shield box, your concentric, how you're doing first F, second F, third F, what your gesture is. It really creates a great structure for you to make sure you're having a conversation that is purposeful. Uh, and it's, it's consistent, it holds that other guy accountable to making progress in his life. So I think it's the why, the what, and a little bit of the how that can uh, help us really accelerate in that relationship. I tell you what, guys, we are a bit limited on time. I think we've got about another 10 minutes in here uh, before we're supposed to break. There's some great questions that have come through that I think we'll look creatively to see if we can't rotate through some podcasts, through some posts, and maybe carry some of the conversation there as well. Uh, I do have one here that I, I really like, and it's about mentors. Uh, and this guy wants to hear from you guys about who's a mentor that shaped your life and why. Are you gonna hand it, you're going to hand the microphone to the guy who is your mentor? Yeah. Well, this is where it all started, so I figured I'd Okay. Uh, so uh, mentorship is the second hardest relationship in the Concentrica. Uh, I mean, we all get married, right? We may not be very good at it, but ha having a mentor, what we call the, you know, a whetstone, being a stone, ha being a blade who subjected themselves to the sharpening of a stone is difficult, right? Again, because you, because you find yourself very, uh, very vulnerable. For the, ma the man who did it for me is named Bill Greer in Charlotte. Some of you may have come across him over time. I know Gap has. And uh, if you know him or you met him, you'd be like a little surprised because he's not the most imposing figure of a man. He's not extremely tall uh he's not you know like I, he's just a very soft-spoken guy and yet in my life he spoke uh such powerful truth that i was compelled to either change or reject him he did not give me a third choice uh i had to i had to conform to the vision that he cast for me not, not, he didn't say, you need to be like me, Bill Greer. He, he said, this is who you are supposed to be, and you're not. So I, I could either reach out to who he was holding me up to, this reflection of me that I was not living up to, or I could reject him. And I didn't want to reject him because I loved him. And I loved him because he loved me. Hmm. So if you're going to be a stone to a younger man, it doesn't have to be a younger man, usually it is. First and foremost, love him. Because I bet you every man in this room will admit if another man loves you, it's very hard to, love, to not love him back. Right? It's just human nature. And then the next thing is to hold up for him the image of who you know he is. And for whatever reason, gesture, procrastination, shame, guilt, fear, all the stuff that's, that holds us back as men, hold that up for him and encourage him to drive through all those bonds and break them and reach the man that he is supposed to be. If you do that, 
as the Bible says, that will cover a multitude of your sins. And the, when I was able to turn around after he did that for me and do that for other men, that's when it clicked for me and I understood. So I greatly encourage you men to take that on and do the best you can with it. Again, you're going to fail at first. You'll hear this voice in the back of your head saying, you're not worthy. You're tempted to say to the young guy, I'm, I'm here to learn from you just as much as you're here to learn from me. That's a lie. <laughs> what good would you be doing him if that were so? In this season of life, you have something more than that man has to give him, if nothing more, than the fact that you're willing to hold up the vision for him that God intended. And the voice telling you you're not worthy to do that, in my belief system, is the voice of the devil. And we have to fight him so that we can provide for that younger man the basis by which he will grow into the man he is supposed to be. I personally believe there's no higher calling for us on earth. I'm willing to argue that out on Twitter, Jeff, if you want, otherwise. <laughs> uh, but I'm happy to share you the multiple success stories uh, that I've seen come from it in my life and others if you ever want to talk about it. I think on the flip side, too, if you're in the opposite position, not the mentor, but someone who's looking to be a mentee, is opening your eyes and checking your own ego Word. at the door of, I know everything, and uh, I got it from here. Are you willing to check that little baby ego at the door and say, I need help, I need guidance. I need to accept the love of this other person into my heart to help me accelerate where I need to. Am I willing to listen? Am I willing to be the person who listens in this moment? It's not always easy to do that because you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, you got your family relying on you, but are you willing to check that in that moment, right? Yep. To be able to take that in? For sure. Uh, I handed it to Dredd at first because uh, I was holding it and I didn't want to answer the question at first because I need to collect my thoughts uh, because that, that mentor relationship, <clears throat> that's, that's probably been uh, one of the best things that I ever uh, engaged in. And the reason for that is because of what Dredd just said. Uh, and I know, I'm, part of it is you don't want to be that, that jackass that sounds like you're being you know, sycophantic and sucking up to Dredd. But he doesn't mind. He doesn't yeah. mind. But, um, but I, and I remember, and it was, I mean, Dredd saw, <laughs> saw it long before I ever did. And he knew, I guess, what I was capable of or certainly what he thought I could become. And I don't, know, I don't even know where exactly the, uh, I traded my ovaries in. Yogi. To, uh, to, to have the stones to say, hey, uh, you keep talking about this whetstone deal. You, you don't have room for one more. You remember that? It was right after, <laughs> right after a podcast one day, and he was like, mm, I'm kind of full. Actually. And I was, yeah, well, it was funny. Well, it was funny because I was, I mean, I, I didn't even, I mean, I was such a, hey, cut this real quick. No, uh, I was we, such we a wuss. To use it all. I was such a wuss. Uh, that I was afraid to ask. Hmm. I mean, I was terrified, and I was like, "He's not. I'm, I'm such a piece of crap. He's not going to want to even take me on. Like, he wouldn't do that. He's very important. Just ask him. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he's big time. I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's the founder. He's big time, right? And there's no way. There's no way he would, he has, he's too busy. He's got too much in his head. He's got too many other guys he does this for. I'm nobody. I'm just the, the dumb monkey on the podcast. You know, I'm just there to kind of push buttons and, and so we can record Dread to present them to the world. And, uh, but he'd, he'd seen it long before even then. He'd seen it long before even then. And, uh, you know, and it's something that, and this isn't therapy, although I feel like it's getting close. Um, if you were on a couch right now, I know. it would be billable hours. Yeah. Here, let me hold my feet up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, and because, and I only say it because we all have it. Yeah. I, I say it right now. It was your dad's fault, but it's your responsibility, right? You know, we all have something, those things that are those demons that are in your past, those beliefs that you held, those lies that have, have managed to trickle their way down into your heart. And somehow you've just, you've accepted that as the reality, mm. that that's who you are. 
less. You've accepted the reality that you think you're less. And, um, and I mean, while, while Dredd, yes, uh, was the guy who, who put his arm around me and said, and he, I mean, he used to bust my ball so hard about like, what's with all the self-effacing parentheticals? Why, why do you say all that dumb shit about yourself? You know, I don't know, I'm just an idiot, I guess. There it is again, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? But he cleaned me up, he dusted me off, and he taught me how to learn from other men too, and to accept the fact that I was worthy. And so I guess the, the, the answer to the question, to some degree, this isn't just, you know, how great is dread. Uh, you're pretty damn great. But it's not just that, but the answer to the question is, is what do you want out of your life? What do you want out of your life? Do you keep wanting, I mean, you just want to go through this as less? Enjoy. But I promise you, get out of the way for the guys who aren't going to do it. Just get out of their way. Because they're going to find more. And they're going to find it by finding a man who loves them and cares and wants them to be more. Mm -hmm. So if you think to yourself, I'd like to be more, well then stop being a and go find a man and say, you know what? You're a guy who I would trade places with. You seem smart. And if you, out, if you, if you run over that guy because he wasn't as smart as you thought, go find another one. Right? I haven't exhausted this one yet. But, right? But whatever you got to do, right? And just go do it. Stop. Like Kitty said, stop stopping. Stop stopping. Go and get the more. Mm -hmm. Well said. They've, op they've opened the door, which is the signal that our time is up here. Uh, and we could do this for a few more hours. Real quick, guys, before we go, you know this, but if another man hasn't told you this day, we hey all love you. All right? Give it up for these guys, man. Excellent stuff. Good, good, guys. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time. <laughs>